0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Daily Do-Wag. I apologize that it's been uh, a little bit, not that long, since the last episode. I've been home, enjoying family, enjoying the holidays, and of course, eating a whole bunch. I'm definitely going to have to make it to the gym once I get back. But (laughs) today um, is episode 22, and my episode today will be called Family Matters. And we have two new guests here with me today, my mother and my uncle James. So y'all, clap it up for them and <laughs> the <Woo-hoo>! family here. <laughs>
1: hello, hello,
0: hello! Greetings, everyone. How are you? <laughs> okay, so we're gonna start with an introduction. I mean, y'all know them, you know, as I just said, my mom and my uncle James. But Uncle James, why don't you start us out with a little introduction of yourself?
2: Yes, I am James Witherspoon. Uh, your host's uncle. And I attended a predominantly white private institution in Montgomery, Alabama. Um, that, my choice of school came about in various ways. Um, I wanted a new experience. Um, I wanted smaller classes. I wanted to go away to school, but not too far away. And, um, I was the product of a study done by a major university in our hometown on how African Americans study or the study of the study habits in a predominantly uh, black high school. So I was uh, very familiar with being in a diverse uh, classroom or uh, a mixed population, if you will. So that opened my curiosity um, for my educational experience. Okay, mom.
1: So, would you like to know a little bit about me first, yes, or we need <laughs> <That's it. laughs> So, my name is Bridget Pilgrim. The host mom. I have to stay on it sometimes, but that's okay.
0: Okay. uh,
1: (laughs) 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 Currently, I am employed with the uh, Department of Defense. I am the uh, director for the um, Occupational Safety and Health Administration at Fort Belvoir, Virginia. Shout out to Fort Belvoir.
0: For Gabby at Brown Girl. this is the owner of the mansion, quote, unquote, you were talking about the other day. So.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So um, that's an experience. Now, as far as the um, education piece, I have a Bachelor of Science. From um, Mississippi Valley State, located in SWAC, um in biology, bachelor of science in biology. I received my master of science in environmental health from East Tennessee State University, a predominantly white um, university.
0: And she is a member of the. Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated.
1: And yes, I am the only one.
0: (laughs) Okay, so today's
2: episode. If I may interrupt. (laughs) (laughs) Well, all of you didn't know. I did graduate, so I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) But we will will get into that later. I'll tell you about that. So today's
0: episode stems from the argument that I know everybody's familiar with, or at least those who went to school are familiar with, of the HBCU versus PWI argument. On Twitter, that argument pops up at least once a month where there's somebody uh, shaming somebody from going to somebody's school. I attend, as you all know, University of Louisville, which is a PWI. I have, but most of my friends actually went to HBCUs. And so I was curious. I mean, I read through all those tweets about that argument all the time. I discuss it with my friends all the time. And so... Both my mom and my uncle. My mom went to an HBCU for undergrad, and then my uncle James went to a PWI for undergrad. So I wanted to sit down with them and have a discussion about what they thought about the argument. So, Mama, you went to Mississippi Valley State. Correct. Right. Why did you choose to go to Mississippi Valley State?
1: Well, actually, in high school, I uh, played in the band. Uh, flute, piccolo, uh, symphony, marching band. And I had heard of uh, your HBCUs, of course, because being in band, we were always uh, interested in the marching band. They really know how to put on a show. So, of course, we we focused in, most of us that were in band focused in uh, on that. But also... Uh, I received a full scholarship to attend Mississippi Mm. Valley State. In addition to um, that scholarship, I was also um, offered a scholarship uh, to attend the University of Alabama, but that was not a full scholarship. That was a partial scholarship. And also, I think it was Alabama State, memory me correctly. Yeah, and right. I think it was one other. So um, taking advantage at that time, financially, of the situation with Mr. Vivalda State, I chose Mr. Vivalda State. And also, in addition to that, our high school band director um, received a job offer to be the band director there at, um, we call it, Valley State.
0: Okay. (laughs) Uncle Jane, why did you choose, in your school, Huntington, with with PWI, why did you choose there?
2: Well, we were were coming out of a time where the world of education was receiving black eyes on uh, evenly distributing opportunities to African Americans to predominantly white institutions. Uh, I, on the other hand, um, relied uh, on my grades, my grades were excellent. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, basically an outreach by the school as well as financially. Um, the school did an aggressive campaign to recruit me. Um, unfortunately, I did apply to some of the HBCUs, but the response time was a little slow. Mm-hmm. and. Uh, All of my friends were then getting their offer letters and they were leaving and I really waited till the last minute to respond to Huntington because I really wanted to go to an HBCU. And after I I received my offer letter, uh, my expenses were all covered and they wanted to uh, really roll out the carpet of welcoming uh, students. Now keeping in mind the institution I attended the enrollment was not very high. Mm -hmm. And the percentage of African-Americans to the white students were at least under one percent. And what that afforded me for us on the campus was a close knit community. Mm -hmm. And from that close knit community, we sort of, um, I would say, pushed ourselves along and, uh, you know, uh, supported one another. And from that experience, I gained lifelong friends, and of course, we also developed a superior level of study habits, and that will bring up another subject later in the next question. I'll I'll, I'll explain further on that.
0: So, mom, what are some of the pros and the cons about going, that, that you feel about going to Mississippi Valley State?
1: The pros. Um... There are a lot of life lessons um, you receive from attending an HBCU. Mm-hmm. The, the uh, in my opinion, the camaraderie is is just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, and and with anything, when you have uh, a group of people that share the same experience that you, you, you tend to be uh, close in. Mm-hmm. Um and. I want to say, for example, when you go to a professor, you may have some issue. Of course, being um, African-American, they understand fully where you're, you're yeah. coming from, if you will. Yeah. So um, the communication was a little bit easier, I think. And, and I can say that having attended a... Predominantly white school as well, and having that comparison, mm-hmm. and I'm so grateful that I do have that uh, comparison. Um, also at your your HBCUs, um, the push, in, in my opinion, is is greater.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, because a lot of um, your professors, your 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 um, Student colleagues, they understand. Mm-hmm. And so we, as Dave stated at Huntington, we uplifted each other. Yeah. We pushed each other. We understood how important it was to uh, succeed. Mm-hmm. So it was, um, it was a, uh, an excellent experience.
2: Holiday. Again, as your mother stated, uh, that push and that um feeling of accomplishment stemmed from your upbringing and you brought that for me i brought that to Huntington with me Mm -hmm. and and met like-minded african-american students on campus um
1: Not to interrupt, but exactly, because that that was so important in your uh, African-American family, in the community, Mm -hmm. period. Um, And we all understood that being there at Mm -hmm. those institutions.
2: And it it was monitored uh, even from our instructors. Um, We would receive, at least I was fortunate enough to receive uh, an excellent recommendation letter I'm a high school instructor, Um, and most of the instructors I uh, work with, studied under, Mm. they cared. Mm -hmm. They wanted to uh, see you succeed. They would, in fact, I had a couple of instructors come visit Mm -hmm. the school and look in on me. Now,
0: before um, we continue about the colleges, give a little bit of background about you two grew up. They're old, y'all. You two grew up in. in, in. We
1: are not old. We are
0: experienced. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think the gray in both of y'all hair a
1: disagree,
0: <laughs> and we're old enough to say it. And I <laughs>
1: that gray. I want to add. And
0: we look great with it. <laughs> uh, give a little background about the era that you guys grew up in, because you guys grew up in the post. I was about to say civil war. Oh my God! <laughs> the civil rights era. <laughs> Give a little background about education and the world that you all grew up in, coming out of the South at during the post civil rights
2: era. Well, as I stated before, it was our parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, our mother pushed us. She read to us, and. Uh, uh, exposure was key Mm -hmm.
1: it was i have to say of course during that time you you're like oh my gosh she's telling us to read again she's asking us again what was in the newspaper and we
2: had to bring the report cards in (laughs) exactly that was was looked at and our, our parents our mother attended the pta meetings and if there was something uh, again, we have the instructors who knew the value and the importance of education, who were not afraid to contact
1: exactly. the parents.
2: I mean, it was it was a village raising the child uh, atmosphere <laughs> that we grew up in. In most cases,
1: they supported each other. They, yes. uh, as as uh, James stated, they all knew the importance because I will never forget um, the during the civil rights time the you know what i'm talking about the
2: mm-hmm. um
1: the marchers the yes. young marchers.
2: oh the wagon the,
1: the wagon yes
2: yes from wagon montgomery Street, alabama yes, they came, came, came through tuscaloosa
1: yeah. now our mom because we were little she could not participate but she always made sure we were aware, aware exactly. of, of the situation around us <laughs> um so after church that particular day our Pastor, Pastor yeah. who was out
2: early.
1: who um, was also active in civil rights, um, he dismissed um, the congregation early. They he knew that group was coming through um, Tuscaloosa, Tuscaloosa. Exactly. Um, at first the church African, first at African First African Baptist, Baptist Church, church. Yes. to rest and mm-hmm. to uh, to journey. get food. Mm-hmm. So we, my uh, mother make sure we were there to greet them, to talk to them. And it's experiences like those that um, we remember and carried us through. And yeah,
2: we still have conversations about that. Now. Exactly. Uh, we talk about uh, certain inc- uh, incidents that happened in our neighborhoods uh, and, and how our parents and uncles, aunts and uncles, Basically shielded us from from it, uh, but they also made us aware of what was going on around us. Mm-hmm. And they would give us every opportunity to attend educational things, mm-hmm. uh, go out to see events, and
1: correct,
2: yeah, and uh, have have those experiences that we could talk about.
1: Correct, and. All those experiences um, helped me to guide you in your choices, mm-hmm. um, especially in your book reports. Remember? Oh <laughs> my God!
0: <laughs> oh my
1: God! Uh, and 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 it's it's important. And I think today we've sort of lost track of that. Yeah. Our our teachers <laughs> going back to that. Mm-hmm. Our um our teachers in, in high school, oh my gosh, they, when they, they knew we could do something, they pressed, they, they pressed. Us. We had to be the best. <laughs> they insisted that we give it a hundred percent.
2: They would accept, accept nothing less. Correct. While other students were avoiding those said instructors, uh, there were a select few who, in fact, if the classes were not Uh, full the instructors would select students and say bring them over here Mm -hmm. they saw they mean the instructors saw your potential and they wanted to cultivate that they wanted to build on that we um, as we were choosing Mm -hmm. our schools we would talk about it and uh, of course your mother got a scholarship and all Mm -hmm. and uh, and I got my scholarships from the school. And like I said, our our parents, our mother was right there with us as we made our decisions. And again, with their support and constantly uh, checking on us and making sure that we were on track, um, visits were regular, especially on the holidays. Uh, And sometimes some were announced and some were unannounced. Mm -hmm. But But
1: it it wasn't just uh, our Parents, it was also our uncles. Every time we we had our family gatherings, Um, one of the first things they were asked, how are you doing in school? What are your grades like?
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. That
1: always came up.
2: And now that is why (laughs) we as your mother talked about your education and dealings with where you are and how you've progressed to where you are now than you and I. We would yeah. have a different level of conversation right. mm-hmm. as being a young man uh, in today's society, which mm-hmm. I'm grateful to your mother uh, for uh, involving us mm-hmm. into that and, and providing that guidance.
0: So how do you think that that background that you all just described, how do you think that that
2: helped y'all choose the schools that you chose? Well, we, we were not told where we had to go. Right. Correct. We uh, we were given the choice. Mm-hmm. We had to do the research, bring it, present it, and uh, um, let our parents look at what benefits the school would offer us educationally, and they let us decide.
1: They, as, as I stated earlier, they would always um, ask us about grades mm-hmm. in school. So keeping that in mind we knew we were going to get an education because that was stress Mm -hmm. to us you need to get your education that is something no one can ever take away from you that was stress to us growing up every day so that helped to shape well we always and you could ask any kid well well, what are you going to do when you graduate I'm going to college. Mm-hmm. That was how I answer. I'm going to college.
2: And it was it, and it was funny you mention that because in our, with our peers during the time growing up, mm-hmm. you remember everybody, we would go, where are you going to go? I'm going to this school. I'm going to that school. Right. Very rarely did you hear from our peers that, what was That's going, uh, not going to college. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, college day, career day, all of that was stressed. And when it came down to it, there, there was and anticipation, Mm. all right, where are you going? I'm going here, I'm going here, I'm going to attend here, I'm going to this (laughs) school right here. And even when uh, the final uh, would arrive and everyone would attend, the anticipation of coming back and getting together and talking about our our experiences. Mm -hmm. And going into the experiences, uh, especially, I can tell you, uh, going to a predominantly white institution, it taught me a lot about myself. Mm-hmm. It taught me a lot about other people, mm-hmm. uh, the pros and cons of uh, society, yeah. and the attitude. And were there were there some surprises? Yes, mm-hmm. there were there were there were quite a few surprises even after post civil rights era. Mm-hmm. Correct. Uh, it did, or things did happen to seep in. This is not a slight or smite toward the institution. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, that's on an individual basis. Mm-hmm. So it taught me or it will teach you what to look out for Social or be system. aware. And of.
1: that's where the the, the uh, also part of our upbringing, if you will, mm-hmm. comes into play mm-hmm. when you when you um, go off to school. Mm-hmm. If, pardon me, even if you do not leave home to go to school, mm-hmm there's still a lesson uh, to be learned and taught out there.
0: Ah, uh, well. Uh, so,
1: hopefully, <laughs> that what matters... Uh, going right. into
0: something else. Right, exactly. <laughs> and we are discussing that on this episode. So... We're <laughs> mm-hmm. yes. ready then. <laughs> shifting gears since Mama decided to take us to the left.
1: I I think it was to the left.
0: Mama, how did going to an HBCU shape you as a black person?
1: Um that is an interesting question. Mm -hmm. Because I um of course, even before then, Mm -hmm. to be proud of who I am Mm -hmm. of being a black female and to also know that and it, and the instructors not uh, before that time, mom. Mm. And but but being with the professors, mm. I knew when I stepped outside that institution, I would be competing with others. Mm. So I had to um, try harder. Mm. I had to um, learn to hold my head up. and and speak, not loud, you know, Mm -hmm. boisterous, but be heard. Yes. Mm -hmm. So they sort of forced you to to be that
0: person. Mm -hmm. Uncle James, how do you think it shaped, being at a PWI, how did that shape you?
2: How did it
0: shape you as a black person?
2: Well, I can tell you, as you know me me now, um, I will not. swept under the rug and not heard. Mm-hmm. Um, at a PWI, if you are not careful mm-hmm. and based on your involvement, mm-hmm. that can happen. Yeah. yeah. It it happens whether you like it or not, but going in, you are determined not to do that. That community I was a part of would not be silent. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, the school did not have... Uh, African American uh, clubs mm-hmm. on it until we spoke out mm-hmm. and clubs were formed. In fact, um, there was uh, a sorority, a Black Sorority, okay. uh, placed on campus, mm-hmm. and also I do believe there's a Black fraternity there now. Okay. And, and and we we really sensitive to the absence of the clubs and institutions and just just not having a voice mm-hmm. um, There were a couple of clubs that was formed if you will, but had it was just there mm-hmm. so we wanted to um, say something mm-hmm. and and be seen um, th- I think that experience of, uh, of helping form those clubs mm-hmm. and starting those uh, fraternities and all, uh, further uh, strengthened me as I left the school and pursued my career out of sales. Mm-hmm. And I knew that being out in the forefront, talking to people, having a voice, and, and actually saying something uh, worth saying, and just, just being heard.
0: So do you guys think, so, changing gears a little bit. I've heard on Twitter there are multiple, multiple sides to the PWI mm-hmm. argument versus HBCU argument. And okay. I've had it with my friends and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uncle James, I'll start with you. Okay. How do you feel about the notion that, um, because the majority of the thing that I've heard is that if you go to, if you're a black person, and you go to PWI, mm-hmm. either one, it's about
2: money, or two, you go in at a party. No, um, the stigma with that notion was, if you go to a predominantly white institution, you get a better education. Mm-hmm. That's not true. Mm-hmm. It is on the staffing and on the individual and what you are seeking from the institution. Exactly. So, if you set your standards in a subpar way, that's the type of education you will get. As your mother stated at HBCU, that level of commitment and strive for excellence was demanded. So, why can't I get the same uh, education at a predominantly white institution? those those instructors are there for you as well those doors are transparent those doors aren't locked and if they were um, we know where to go to uh, uh, correct that and that's what makes an education at a predominantly white institution a little dangerous if you will and I and I use that term loosely uh, because you can track it Historically, uh, in the nation where there was unrest on the uh, university campuses, and when students are not heard, what do they do? They took to the streets they and, uh, and and uh, protest. Right. I know in Louisville at U of L in the library,
0: there's a um, uh, like a not a shrine, but what would you call it? A place. A place. like. Multiple plagiarism. Plagiarism. A memorial, a yes, more yeah, from where they did like mm-hmm. a sit-in in the library, because mm-hmm. of things that happened. Mm-hmm.
2: Right, and it's been it's been chrono, chronicle uh, uh, nationally that that said uh, action was needed. Mm-hmm. It's it, it, it's happening worldwide. So right, but what you have to like as I stated, what you have to realize is is what you must get the things you need. Mm-hmm. And right. if you're not getting that type of education or that, that level of education, it's your right. Right. So you should go after it. Mama.
1: I agree. Um, I don't think it really matters the, uh, as, as James stated, it's an individual. Mm-hmm. And I say this all the time. Now I use this point, a um, friend of mine, before um, her child, uh, graduated high school. Mm-hmm. She informed me that she did not want her child to attend an HBCU. Mm-hmm. And I asked wow. why, and may I ask, I asked her, mm-hmm. I ask why? And she said, well, because of, so because of my experiences. And mm-hmm. I thought about it and I, I, told her, I said, well, I think you have to look at at her as the individual. Mm-hmm. That was during your time mm-hmm. and I I did not ask what her experiences were, but I wanted to make sure <clears throat> pardon me that she she did not place herself in the shoes of her daughter. Mm-hmm. She should she should Let her make that choice. Well, after graduation, um, she came to me, and she said she received the full ride at um, at Hampton. (laughs) Very gifted, very (laughs) intelligent young woman. Mm -hmm. And she graduated with honors, Mm -hmm. and now uh, she pursued a advanced degree Mm -hmm. um, in law. Mm -hmm. So with that said, as James stated, it's the individual, what are you seeking? Mm -hmm. It's up to you. So I I do not think it matters, especially today. (laughs) Now, it was challenging when we were in school at that time due to the tools Mm -hmm. that were were resources and tools that that were available available to us. However, we made that work for us.
2: And that took extra effort um, and study and coaching, which you must welcome that. We weren't opposed to it because we could see the light at the end of the tunnel. We were always told, just because they have that, and we have this, you can—that's right. You can compete on an equal—that's right. level of equal field. That was all I needed.
1: Well, look at you. It's some of some of your movies that I made. Now, uh, the Great Debate. Mm-hmm. A, the, the yes. that said it. Mm-hmm. Look at that! Mm-hmm. Look at what they were up against. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it was a true story. Correct?
0: Yes, it was. Yeah. So,
1: as James stated. Yeah. You know, you,
0: so do you think that's still a disparity,
2: though? And know, in, in the and it is like a perception. No, that no, that's 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 all a perception because that disparity is against the law. Mm. So uh, you will not have that happen often, but you must do mm. your research and okay. find where the inequality is, mm. and once you find that. And move that out your way, then sky's the limit. Mm. But with sky being the limit, you've got to open your mind and broaden your, and be willing to broaden your horizons. Uh, for me, um, and HBCU was just around the corner from my institution. Mm. And it, we had more visitors to my campus than to the HBCU. But then, once they, once they found out between the population of uh, both campuses, it was like, there was no barrier. Everybody was coming and going and everything and come over and visit. And it, it, I think it's the lack of experience because mm-hmm. of the uh, prejudices we have grown up with or we've made ourselves believe. Correct. And, and, and in reality, there were none. So do you think that
0: um in terms of today do you think that hbcus get a bad rap like they have a bad reputation because i know there i you know for me mama always made sure that the not i yeah i'll say the culture i guess Mm -hmm. um I was always very exposed to HBCU culture, bands, and all that other good stuff. And we went to games and stuff like that. Right. So there's both and, the, yeah. and the also, education piece. Yes. Exactly,
1: but what I also exposed you to, we also attended symphonies. Right, right. But what I mean there I, well, was I'm, a balance.
0: Well, I'm glad right. what that is. I know that there are, um, that the good that HBCUs can do. Whereas when I went to Kentucky, uh, because there is only one HBCU in Kentucky and it doesn't have the best reputation, there a lot of those black kids that I met in Kentucky didn't have the best rep, didn't have the best things to say about it.
1: Okay, uh, there there you go. Uh you took it right out. You're, you're ahead of me. Yeah. You- who's putting these uh, uh, comments and disparaging words out and 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 negative words who, who's putting that out there
2: Those who do not attend mm.
1: So I say to anyone speak to the people that have attended mm. who are attending who
2: want to attend.
1: and, and want to attend. Mm. What's the motive of saying the things that you say?
2: And I could, I could, i make piggyback on that. Visit and, look and see for yourself. There you go. Yes. All of the institutions in this country, worldwide, uh, there are no bars on the gates. There you go. There, there's, there, there's an open door, open, po- open door policy. Visit the campuses. Because the only way to uh, find out is to see for yourself.
1: And you can always remember this, and I I think I've always told you this, Mm -hmm. you can always learn something, take something of value from all experiences. Mm -hmm. So anytime someone come and tell you, oh, it's horrible, you can't learn anything, there's nothing there, wait, wait, wait for it, wait for it, and if nothing, Good comes out of that. Okay, I'll go. Then you know, ask someone else. Mm-hmm. Because there's always something mm-hmm. you can take from situations, various situations.
2: And for those who the naysayers, I call them, uh, who put the put the uh, predominantly white institution in the HBCU argument up. Look. Um, Take a look for yourself. Mm-hmm. Visit the institution. Attend some uh, uh, something on the campus. Mm-hmm. Interview some of the students. Interview them. I, I mean, I the, the colleges will not exist without what students? students. Yeah. correct mm-hmm. enrollment. You, the universities and colleges, they have to sell themselves as well, because without the uh, uh, without the uh, students and the attendance, the alumni. Funding all goes down the drain. Speaking of
0: funding, Mm -hmm. what do you think about, I forgot which, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'll look it up here in a second if I have to. Mm -hmm. The candidate who, um, the Democrat candidate who's running for president now, one of them said that they wanted to put into law mandatory funding for HBCUs, if I'm not mistaken. I'm pretty sure i read that somewhere.
1: Hmm.
0: How do you feel about that? Like, how do you feel um, about mandatory funding? Just like how state schools get state funding. Correct. Mm -hmm. HBCUs getting state funding as well.
1: Let's do my research on that
0: one. You know what I'm saying? Like, how
2: do you feel about that? Like, that Uh. topic in general? That's a very slippery slope because I can tell you that is, but what about the institutions who are not HBCUs uh, who may need the funding as well? Mm-hmm. And, that's true. and so you've got to make it equal across board. A
1: balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so
2: that would... Be very careful. That's very sensitive right there. I'm, I'm not familiar, I haven't heard of that happening or coming into play. I'll have to look, look into that. To
1: speak more about it, yeah. I have not,
2: to not, not sure.
1: Read exactly because I'm, am certain there's more to oh, there that, yeah. His comment mm. than just that. So I'm not Will
2: first. Me. So I have mean, to read, right. about
1: that a little bit more.
2: Right. They may mean struggling mm. uh, HBCUs, yeah, like, like just like some of the smaller, correct, smaller like, institutions that do not have their uh, uh, the uh, sufficient uh, alumni. Like Morris mm-hmm. Brown, that school. Did, did you? Did
0: y'all hear about what happened with that school? No. They were down. I think it was to like. Oh, yes. 50, students. Mm-hmm. Fifty students. And then yeah, something like oh. that. And. Um, they were asking people trying to raise money so that because they were gonna have to mm. close down, um, and I think they end up saving more than think. Well, you know,
2: not about historically, how how many times have you heard the story that the HBCUs were in financial ruin financial and the struggling, struggling, and and over the horizon um, about to close, and the call was put out, mm. and still here. Mm.
0: So, last question. If you had to do it all over again, go to school all over again, um, would you still make the same
2: decision that you did? That
1: I most certainly would. I would as
2: well. Mm-hmm. And I, because the reason why I say that now, you have <coughs> your PWIs, as you call them, they are now going in partnership. Correct. With HBCUs HBC yes. and strengthening the educational That's process. Right. So I would do what I did also, but I would look for that partnership. Mm-hmm. So
0: mm-hmm.
2: you can't lose there. there. That is a win-win. So sure. I would Well, do when
1: you think about it, 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 it helped to um, um, guide me along the avenue you know that I took the path mm-hmm. that I took. Mm-hmm. So um, you're here. Yes. I'm here. Thank God. So actually, you know, all that I, I say was the, the divine plan. Mm-hmm.
0: God's so, plan, like that.
1: Exactly.
0: Exactly. exactly.
1: So... <laughs> like Drake. <laughs> Ladies and
2: gentlemen, <laughs> I was consulting God long <laughs> before Drake.
1: Okay? I agree with that. All right, so I was going to bend the knee long it before said, that. It, it said like, <laughs> <laughs> So. Drake.
2: So, yes, wow. I was going, is there an apostle called Drake? No. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> (laughs) But truly, right now, I mean, uh, for the uh, platform, the educational platform we are experiencing now with the partnerships that are developing, uh, I cannot see any of the institutions going under because it only enhances society and the immediate community at which they serve. Now, if that happens in a... Community and no one reacts and, and nothing's done about it, then we're in a sad state.
1: I think it provides opportunity for everyone, it does. and so and it's so important, especially with the generation, your generation, and then, then the next generation, this, uh, and the next yes. generation is necessary.
2: Yeah, I it see it necessary. as a sound foundation moving forward because without it. Yes. Uh, they
1: do. as the society.
2: There will there will be no progress. Right. Everything will stagnate. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, thank you both for being on my show, and I my appreciate both of y'all's commentary, and thank y'all for listening, and we will catch y'all next time.